What's going on, y'all? This is Mike Brown, and I want to welcome y'all to this week's episode of The Art of Letting Go. While I got your attention, I want y'all to like this podcast, subscribe to it wherever you listen to it. Um, leave a comment. Let people know what you think. Let me know. Let me know what you think, because, I mean, it helps me grow. Also, I put out a book. It's called In a Panorama, and it's really dope, and I would love if y'all checked it out. It's available now at JustMikeBrown.com. Enjoy the show. Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Today, I have a special guest in the building. Um, I feel like you have many titles. Yeah, so many titles. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many hats. Being in LA, you got to have like all these different hats to kind of like just make a way because it's like otherwise that's how it is here. Yeah. I would say the 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 I guess like the biggest embodiment like when I think of a word and I think of you, I would probably say fashion. Yeah. Fashion, like style, design. Yes. Arts. Um, would you mind introducing yourself to the people? So I'm Alden Jackson of Cool and Casual Studios, uh, a vintage-focused uh, lifestyle shop. We sell clothes, furniture, accessories, and then um, I also do styling. Um, kind of getting into design a little bit. Always kind of ran away from it, um, just because. I don't like the ego that's involved with like being a designer, like having, you know, you have to have these people that think you're the shit. And so you have to dress a certain way and look a certain way and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't do well with like that conformity. And I think that's another reason why I have so many different boxes to check off with who I am, because it's yeah. like I hate when people try to put you into a box and I'm like, I'm just not going to do that. Like, I'm already a a person of color a black male in the arts and it's like you already don't see it for me so i'm gonna just do what the fuck i want to do i'm not gonna sit here and let you say oh you know this is what you do and this is how you do it like no that's not gonna work for me because it's just not like that's what's up that's what's up. And it's it's very interesting what you say about the designer because I'm like, man, I don't even know if I would be comfortable with that. Like, you know, just having a bunch of yes men. Yeah, I'm starting off really slow with with the design stuff. Just kind of like, this is something I really fuck with. I don't really see it in the marketplace. Or I think that this should just keep kind of be running because it's a good piece that I like personally. Did you design the shirts that you did the uh I'm healthy, I'm wealthy? Was that what it said? Yeah. So I didn't I so that's an affirmation. It's supposed to be I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise. But again, this is LA, so I was like, we can forget about the wise part. <laughs> um <laughs> and um the rose just kinda came from like like the thank you bags or whatever. Um, yeah. So I just thought to kind of combine those two. Um, there, it was so the song was playing at um, backstage at Louis Vuitton Men's um, one season. I think it was like I can't remember, but it was definitely during Virgil's time. 
and I was kind of going through it um, at my office. Um, yeah. Like, I had this space in Lamert Park. I was kind of, like, illegally living out of it. I don't know. Like, money just wasn't right because it's, like, I'm just trying to figure shit out. So, um, I think it was, like, just on Instagram, and I heard uh, the artist's name is Avery Sunshine. So, she has the song, and it was just, like... I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise. And I was like, whoa, this shit is like going deep inside of me. And not only that, like I said, it was at Louis Vuitton backstage. So you see all these black guys. It was just like an energy. And I yeah. was like, I need to capture this. Like before that, I had always been like, I'm going to do like people wanted me to do T-shirts. And I'm like, I'm not doing T-shirts because like I said, that attitude of like, I'm not doing what people necessarily inherently say I should do. Like, yeah. I got to figure this shit out for my own reasoning and purpose um like people have always thought out even when i was like 17 people are like oh are you a designer da, da, da. like and i'm like no like i've always run away from it yeah and so even to do these t-shirts it was a lot because i was like the quality has to be right like i don't want to just put out a t-shirt to be putting a t-shirt out or like you put it in the washer and the words start falling off or something like that was like my biggest fear you know so it's yeah a while but with these shirts, I was just like, I have to do this. Like, I just felt so moved um, to do it. And so that's usually how the T-shirts get put out because it's like I don't have a huge following where people like everybody clamors and buys it. Yeah. And so it has to really be like, OK, I'm going to do this. Like with my um, Black Creators Prayer T-shirt, it was the same thing. That started off as an Instagram post. Um and something inside of me again just moved me to print it yeah and um so i did i was like i'm not gonna sell a lot of these because honestly a lot of my clientele is white number one and then number two i was just like it's so personal yeah you know so i'm like uh you know like barely with the i'm healthy i'm wealthy it's like those kind of sold and then i would run another one but not really it was like it's not like oh, damn, we selling out, let's run, run them, run them, run them, yeah. run them. It's more like, I have this idea, I'm going to put it out into the universe, and either people are going to respond to it or not. Um, and I have to be prepared for that. Yeah. And so, um, with the Black Creators Prayer Seed, that was insane because uh, it it talks about, like, you know, my experience of being in the art world and the design world and fashion and, like... Just the arts in general and, like, people's perceptions of us as black people. Um, and it said that I pray that Virgil is not the only one in Paris. Man. That was one of the lines. And um, the shirt got to him. Wow. He bought, he bought the shirt. Wow. Yeah. So you just don't know, like, who's watching. Wow. Wow. Or, like, what can happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just insane that. You know, I put that out into the universe and it was picked up. Yeah. And I even got to meet him, too. Wow. Like, that's really dope. Yeah. We had, like, a whole exchange on Instagram. Like, just the whole timing of everything. Because this was all... It hasn't even been a year yet that he bought the t-shirt. And, you know, he's been gone, like, three or, three or four months now. Wow. So, for him to have bought the shirt, for me to have met him... And for him to have passed all in like six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, man, how was that? 
how was that for you, Virgil passing? Um, so it's interesting because, you know, I pray that Virgil is not the only one in Paris, but at the same time, I feel like his methods weren't always like appreciated by everybody. Cause it's like, you're this master of hype and you know, then you're like, well, who's working with you behind the scenes at these places? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that's just how it's going to be when you're a black person in that level of power, yeah. you know, there's always going to be some level of questioning. Um, but, um, I mean, it definitely impacted me because he was so young, Yeah, you know, and it's like, and you have this position and you know that, you know, it might not necessarily be filled by another black person right away or it might not look like what we want it to look like. Um, so, you know, um, I wouldn't say it was like difficult, but it was nice because people definitely know that I cared about this person. So people were reaching out to me and, you know, um, that was nice. But, and the same thing happened with Andre Leon Talley also. Yeah. Um, people were reaching out to me. Um, and I definitely related to his story a lot, you know, like with Virgil, you know, I know some of his story, but it's like Andre Leon Talley had, two um memoirs yeah a coffee table book a documentary so there's all this information that i could relate to and respond to in a different way than um i could with virgil yeah you know because um andre he was raised in the south and even though i'm not from the south um my great grandmother who pretty much raised me she's from Arkansas was from Arkansas. Yeah. So, um, he talks about, you know, them having like a modest lifestyle, but his grandmother still making it feel like something else, like beyond their, like beyond what they were living, you know, it was like, it transcended that, like her love transcended the situation that they were in. Yeah. And so I could relate to that a lot. Um, so I was very spoiled, but at the same time, we were living in Compton. Yeah. So it was like a lot of um, back and forth. Like I was telling you off record, like I was bullied, but then it's like I had on $100 shoes. I had on, you know, a starter jacket. Like, so it's like all these like push and pulls yeah. that were happening. Um, and the same thing Andre was going through that. It was like. You know, his mom didn't understand what he was wearing and, like, different stuff like that. You know, they didn't necessarily understand. But then he went on and really was able to step into his power. It was like, it was like beyond destiny. You yeah. Know? It was like he went to New York and got to um, intern with one of the, like, golden age, like, fashion icons, you know? Yeah. And then you go to Paris and... You know, you become best friends with Karl Lagerfeld, and it's just like, you know what I mean? You're from the South. Yeah. Like, you're not even supposed to, you know, I don't even know what your expectation is of life with that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you get to, like, go on and live this full life. Like, Yeah. And I think also, like, you know, hearing you talk about his story, I think that's what makes you so dope, is that, because you are from Compton, right? Yeah. And I think... You know, it's somebody out there that, 
needs to hear about you as well. Right. You know, that's probably coming up the same way. But um, what was your experience like growing up in Compton? Um, again, very topsy turvy because um, both of my parents are mixed. Um, and my dad was a drug dealer, and I just knew that wasn't the life for me. Yeah, like at a very young age, like I was just like this hood rich shit. Like my dad going to jail and us having money sometimes but then not like the inconsistency i was just like this is not for me even though you know to my parents credit they were both really young when they had me so it's like i can't really fault them or anything and that's just where like society was at that time so it's not any fault of their own you know what i went through but it's like um, it was tough, like, cause kids definitely were jealous of my shoes and, you know, just probably a lot of stuff that I had no control over. Like, yeah. I was just trying to like go to school. Like, you know, I was begging my mom to buy me a pair of Saconis cause I'm like, this is miserable yeah. like, having on these Jordans. Like, you know, these kids are like singling me out and it would be even older kids. Like, you know. Fifth graders hitting me. I'm in preschool. Dang. Like, um, I was locked in the bathroom one time. Like, I went to, do, uh, you know, I was like six. So I didn't know that um, I shouldn't be doing the number two at school. Yeah. And they came. The, the My bullies came and um, shut the door. And you can only open the door by pushing it. Yeah. And so I was on the other side. So I was stuck in the bathroom. Wow. Um, so just stuff like that. Like one time when, um, the same people, they, um, tried to give me dap. They had a knife in their hand. Wow. Yeah. They like, oh, we were walking different ways and they was like, give me dap. And I don't know if I really didn't give them one or whatever, but then I thought they had a knife. Wow. Um, gripped in their hand. Um, I just came across the Facebook status where I was like, I'm, I'm afraid to wear a backpack because they used to open my backpack and pull stuff out um, and throw it on the ground. Um, just different shit. But, yeah. but like, again, at the same time, like I said, I would have on, like, my shoes and my clothes. And I was definitely a happy kid, but it was, like, I guess because so many people were going through so much, it was, like, people could not take my joy. Like, yeah. were, like why are you... You know, got your head all held high, and you walking down the street just happy. Like people were upset. It's like, yeah. But I don't. I don't have anything to be upset about. So why am I? You know, and like, you know, I don't know. Like why? How were? How were you worked. able to move past like being bullied and stuff in your life? Like how did? How did you get to a place where that didn't carry over into your adulthood, or did it? You know. Um, I feel like it definitely. Um impacted who I am because I was like I turned to fashion and style and music and all these things to escape that world because it's like you know um, like I said I wanted the Sacconis because I'm like I want to be like everybody else at one point but then something shifted in middle school where I was like you know what like this is some bullshit I'm not about to sit here 
you know, I started exploring my own, like, what I wanted to be because I was like, these people, no matter what I do, it was like they could smell that I was other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it was yeah. like, I could have had those Lacones on. You still going to push me over whatever, you know, because you just, whatever. It's just like everybody hates Chris. Like, Caruso, like, you're like, damn, this motherfucker really murking this kid every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? For, like, no real reason, really. And then at, I just rewatched the series, so it was like, he was like, yeah, I'm, he was like, Caruso told Chris, like, yeah, I'm beating you up because it's like, you know, I'm beating you up, but you still show up every day. You still out here doing what you're supposed to do and trying to like, you know, yeah, try to be your own person. And so, um, I think that's kind of one of the best ways to like, a good example of like, you know, just like, you know. I'm going to figure out who I want to be and I don't have to be bothered with like what you guys are going through. I'm going to do my own thing. So That's what's it, up. So I ended up flipping. It was like I started listening to like different sorts of music and like, oh, I'm going to dress, you know, just kind of like we, I went to high school and I wore uniforms, but I would like try to get away with any little thing that I could so it wouldn't be... It would be uniform, but not like I had like a tuxedo jacket. I had a tuxedo <laughs> vest. I had combat boots. I had this sweater that was like um, defective from Gap. Yeah. But it was like people was like, like I just have this ability to like turn anything into something because I have the, I have this confidence. So then people are like, they, they asked me if the sweater was from Hot Topic. But it was literally from Gap, and it was like ten dollars because the hanger went through part of the sweater and it had like a gash in it. So they're like, "Yo, where'd you get that sweater from?" And I'm like, "This is clearance Gap." Like, you know, like I just yeah. always had like this way of like flipping stuff on its head. So I just kind of kept running with it until I'm here where I'm at now. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope. And um, part of the reason I brought you on was because. You know, I put out a post once about like talking to people that quit their jobs. Yeah. And um, you know, I let my job know Thursday that I won't be coming back. Period. Yeah. And um Congratulations. I appreciate that. But I just wanted to know like what was that experience like for you? Even though disclaimer, we do need people to go to work so of that course. they can so that they can <laughs> buy our goods and services and you know so that we can you know it you know entrepreneurship is great um and it's a lot um to take on at the same time too and everybody's journey is different and it's the thing like you know i'm definitely not mad about a job at all like it just wasn't a job for me you know what i mean like i see people that are you know teachers or whatever profession people and they're like really passionate about it And for me, it's just like, I'm not passionate about this, so I need to go follow what I'm passionate about. But, um, yeah, it's scary at the same time. Yeah, and so that's why I'm like, you know, um, entrepreneurship is great, but if you have a job and you love it, we, we thank you because you keep us in business and keep our goals and keep us uplifted. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to start with that because... You know, I feel like it's this us versus them mentality sometimes. Yeah. And so it's like, even though we're celebrating that I quit my job and all that stuff, um, you know, 
it's kind of the same situation. I mean, I was very passionate. I worked retail for um, 10 years. I went to school for fashion merchandising. Um, I'm like, I have a baby face. So I, it was like to the point where, you know, I wanted a job so bad within like this industry that I was like wearing button up shirts and blazers and like all this stuff. Not that it wasn't in style. Like that was very much so the style, but it was yeah. But it was, like, also, like, no, I'm trying to, like, be taken seriously and I want to, like, climb the corporate ladder and have a different life for myself and all this other nonsense. And it's, like, um, you know, because I'm a black man and where I was working at in my age, I don't know. It was just, like, I had all this knowledge, but, like, at the end of the day, like, um, it just wasn't appreciated. Like, the most I ever made working for somebody else was freaking eleven twenty five. Wow. Wow. Never was full time. Like, you know, I was struggling. Yeah. Like really, really a lot. Um, when I was working with somebody else. And so, um I just started my own business, um, because I had this creativity that was not being seen by others or it was being seen and it's like because it was so potent, it's like you're trying to like damper me, my spirit and what I'm doing. And so I have to figure out a, a outlet for this. Like my business started as like a hobby. Really. It was like, I was on Etsy and it was like, somebody was buying something like every other month or I would have like two sales in one month. It was, it was not like, I just started making money, like mad money. Like, Oh yeah. I went to the thrift store, bought a sweater for $3 and, sold it for 600 you know that's not that's not my journey that's not my story it was like you know on etsy at the time they didn't have like filters um for you to even find stuff so you would literally be on the in the tag section like small large extra large like somebody fucking find my sweater and buy it you know like yeah like hoping and praying like somebody finds the item and you know thinks that your price is fair and then i was like some stuff I would find I would be nervous because it was like, um, for instance, I had like these Hermes the bootleg scarf jackets basically, and I would see people selling them for four hundred. But then I'm like, I'm scared because it's counterfeit. So yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm young, so I'm like, oh my god, like it's not really real. I don't know. So now I'm selling my jacket for sixty dollars, even though I'm seeing it for four hundred. Like, um, and then. Stuff like that, like that world is just like the vintage world, fashion world, all that stuff is difficult because you're selling, like I said, why it's taking me so long to become a designer because you're selling like this image. Yeah. And so um, I would see Urban Outfitters, Outfitters selling a kimono for $300 and it's like, I can't even sell mine for 70 Like, wow. you know what I mean? And so it's like, you're going through this whole thing. What kept you going? Or what keeps you going? Um, well, I, I mean, I honestly, I, I mean, now I'm confident that I know what I'm doing. And um, I know that I'm, like, on the right path. Even if it, like, shifts and changes, it's like I know that I'm going the right direction at least. Um, but when I first started, it was like... Um, do like am I just copying white people or like what I'm seeing and just kind of like copying that um like what's really going on you know it was like 
because there's not a lot of examples of black people doing what I'm doing, it was like, am I just copying what's going on and all this stuff? Like, my first shop was literally called Disciples of Vintage because Disciple is a follower. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm following these trends. I'm looking at the runway and trying to see, like, what I can find that looks like that. And um, as years went on, though, it was like um, I started doing my own processes. Um, I mean, immediately I started selling to designers. One of my first sales was um, to Subi Denim. Like, I've, so I've always sold, like, even if it's not for inspiration, like I'm shipping to Urban Outfitters headquarters, I'm shipping to I've shipped to Supreme's headquarters, I've shipped to like all these different design teams and stuff. Um, but it was like you know I still wasn't all that confident, and now through the years I'm like okay, you know after so long yeah, like, okay now like I, it has to be me like, yeah you know like because this wouldn't keep happening. Yeah. And then I talk to other sellers and they don't even realize or no I mean, you know, know if they're selling to designers or if it even happens. I'm like, it happens to me all the time. So um I mean it's just been I think like just being in it um and still being here, I think that shows my commitment to myself and I think um yeah, that that's a big part of it. That's what's up. Yeah. That's really dope. Um, something I wanted to kind of loop back around to was, uh, you talking about design and not wanting to really do it, but it almost sounds like it's the inevitable for you. Yeah. It's fucking destiny. Um, (laughs) have you accepted that? Um, I I still think not fully. So right now, like my business, um, you know, was founded on, um, you know, going out to thrift stores and um, I would go on eBay and different stuff and find my the pieces and um, resell them. And what I'm getting into now is I've been coming into like dead stock pieces, um, but like lots, I guess I should say, where um, it's like thousands of units of the same item in like a size run. And so I've been experimenting with that like the past year and it's been going really well Um, because I don't have a website and I'm only really selling through Instagram. And um, yeah, so I have my studio where I sell a lot of stuff, but for it to be the digital, excuse me, the digital age and me not really having a website, is kind of crazy. The amount of time I've been in business. Yeah. Um, But even through Instagram, like me offering these sizes, I've seen like an increase in, in sell through. Cause it was my thinking with vintage, like, Oh, um, you know, you want to buy something that's different. Yeah. You know, that's my thinking. Like, that's how I shop. I'm like, well, I want to find something that speaks to me, not necessarily what everybody else has. Yeah. But, um, I have a multitude of, um, people in every demographic that follow me and want to support me and i feel like the vintage was actually throwing them off because it's like i'm posting this in a medium and then they're like so all you have is a medium and you only post a medium all the time which might not be true yeah but 
in their mind, their perception, they're like, oh, you only, you know, and then I do only post kind of like a certain type of model. Um, and, you know, so I think that people got the impression like you only have small people clothes or you only have clothes for these sort of people. And so by me finding these dead stock pieces in multiple sizes is showing people because I'm offering it at once. You can't say that you didn't see your size. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, I'm posting this shirt and I have it in small, medium, large. Yeah. And so people are like buying their sizes and I'm selling more units than if I was just like, oh, I have a medium. Because sometimes I yeah. might have those multiple sizes in the past, but I didn't post it because I'm thinking, oh, you want to see only that one size. Mm, so That makes sense. So right now that's kind of like been my segue into design. Mm-hmm. Like I made these shorts um, about a year and a half ago. And people are like, oh, I love them, blah, blah, blah. But I still have them. Yeah. And so now I'm seeing, oh, okay, so what I need to do is have every size, you know, or a couple sizes in these. And then I probably would sell them. Yeah. You know? And then, um, yeah, so that's what's, like, leading me towards this kind of design path because I'm seeing, like, oh, okay, like, all I really need to do. Because my thinking is, I'm like... People are like, oh, are you going to make stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but y'all aren't even buying the vintage. So I'm supposed to go out on a limb, make all this stuff in different sizes, make this investment, and not, and y'all might not even rock with it. But now yeah. I'm seeing, it's like, oh, okay, I make the size. So now when I'm like going to my suppliers, I'm like shaking them for like all the sizes I can get. Yeah. I'm like, I'll buy it. I'm like, and I'll buy a lot if, if, if you have every size but if you don't really have a size in this i don't really want to fuck with it because my customer wants to see the sizes in this so it has been like um transforming my business and how i'm thinking so that's what's up um what advice would you give to somebody thinking about getting into the game Um, I feel like fashion is a a lot like, um, like sharpening knives mm-hmm. or something like that. Like you just kind of have to keep going and be persistent. Um, and I see people like, no. Okay. So there's people that have come to me in the past that see what I do. And then they're like, uh, my cousin, for instance, he wanted to start a active wear line. And I'm like, yo, okay, so who's this going to be for? Everybody. No. That's not going to work. Yeah. Um, It can be for everybody. In the back of my mind, I want vintage, my vintage clothes, I want them to be for everybody, but they're not. And somebody from any other demographic, that's what I think people miss out on. It's like, well, if I say I'm only making it for this person and only that person's going to buy it and then I'm going to have a limited market and blah 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 and it's like not really it's more so about fashion you have to know who you're selling to you have to have a voice and if you say everybody then you're not going to have a voice and then you're just going to get lost in the marketplace and there's no reason for you to exist yeah so I think um, anything with fashion you know anything with art you have to know where it's going to and where you want it to go to because if you get lost and you don't know where you're going to you're just gonna you're gonna drown right yeah you're literally gonna drown because you're like 
I'm trying to get over here, and I saw I'm swimming over here, and I'm not getting to where I need to go, and then you're going to start swimming in another direction. Eventually, you're going to get tired and drown. Yeah. So you need to know where you're going. Like, you need to see that building. You might be in the middle of the ocean, but you need to picture that motherfucking building and just keep swimming towards it, you know? And you might have to, like, change course a little bit, but you know, like, okay, that's the direction I decided to go in, and that's where I'm going. You might even... You might even change the direction a little bit, but you have to know where you're going. Yeah. Like, with purpose. I guess that's the biggest thing. Like, you can change where you're going, but you have to know which way. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to turn around and go back. Why are you going back around? You just came from there, and it didn't work. Yeah. So, you need to know where you're going. Like, for me, my customer, and I feel like I manifested, like, my client because it was like... I want to dress like creative people. I want to dress, well, it's called the creative class. So it's this class of people that are creative but have money. <laughs> that's know? real. Yeah. Because, you know, you could be creative and not have money. So, yeah. That's real. You know, so I manifested. I'm like, I want to dress ad executives and I want to dress people that, like, you know, work at magazines and editors and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not my my um customer every single day but it's like it's a huge chunk of like who my my clientele is yeah so you know that really helped me with my messaging um you know because every so you have to know these things because it impacts my price point Mm -hmm. um everything and you know when you are trying to sell that jacket for $300, like I said, and I couldn't even sell it for 70 there's somebody out there that thinks 70 is too little. And so I have to charge 180 Otherwise, you don't see the value in what I'm doing. You're like, $60? Yeah. Is something wrong with it? You know what I'm saying? That's so real. You have to, like, really know what's going on. Like, yeah. Like, um, we used to do these pile sales where um, I was doing... a garment and then my friend my business partner adapted it for his business and he was doing you could fill a whole bag for $30 and I think both of those were discrediting our brand not that you can't get rid of stuff and have a sale and all this stuff but it's like we just tried to have it recently um, and our clients are like we're so used to like you you know our our experience what we do is very personal yeah and so they're like, we're so used to, like, you telling me what to put on and how to put it together and all that. So it's like, even though our entry point is, like, you know, $58, $68, right now we're selling leather pants, like, hotcakes for $200. Wow. Like, you know, so we have this opportunity where you could buy something for $20, and the, and the client is like, I, I can't even... Like, I'm going to book an appointment in the yeah. during the week. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how, like, much respect we've, like, garnered through the years. Because now people see what we're doing. They see why we're charging what we're charging. Yeah. Like, they see the $20 pile, and they're just like, I can't even process and go through that. Like, what? I'm used to you telling me exactly what to wear. And, you know, you know because everybody's body is different. And so... When we have these appointments, oh, okay, we're gonna get this tailored, and we're gonna you're gonna wear it with this, and da da da. So so just like put put them out into the wild. Our client was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Um, 
And so we didn't even advertise the twenty dollar pie. It was like more like a surprise when you got there. Yeah. And yeah, people still was just like, no. Dang. So we've like really like grown and evolved over the years. That's what's up. Yep. Um, I have two more questions for you. All right. What is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Uh, I think to just kind of like keep going that you know what i mean like i know that it sounds corny like when people say it gets better it's like how can i even my younger self would be like how can i even fathom that you know when right now i'm staying at my mom's house i'm working a part-time job we don't stay anywhere near where i need to be i'm catching the bus to get over here i'm walking in the middle of the night to get home because that's the only thing that i can do if i want to work this job or go out at night like how can you really fathom like that it gets better when you're in that moment like i don't have a license i don't have the money to like go to driving school or like whatever it is like you know you really have to figure that shit out and people will be like it gets better it's like what are you talking about but like it really does. Like yeah. if you if you have like that faith and confidence and you put a plan and you know that plan might not always work out, but it's like you just have to like keep going, you know? So I think that's like what I would tell my younger self is like you know, like it feels crummy right now, but like you just gotta work through this. And I feel like on some level I've always known that and that's why I just kinda like kept going. Like my mom would be like, What are you doing? Like, you know, we like I would be like, I don't have any money because my job that took two hours to get to, they told me that um, you can go home now if you only work three hours. So it's taking me longer to get there and back than I'm working. And I'm making yeah. like $9. And I didn't caught the bus to and from work. And you telling me I can go home. Like That's crazy. You know? So how do you really, how do you think it gets better? You know what I mean? But it's like, it does. And, yeah. And I think people have to like, for me, I just see different signs, you know, like I just look for my little signs that I'm going in the right direction. And that's what I guess I meant by like, you see that building because I get my signs that I am going the right way. So when you're in that, in that ocean and it's like, you see the light blinking and you just keep, you trust that that's leading you to where you need to go, you know, like, cause yeah, I didn't been through some shit, but yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Um, what is one reminder that you would give to your future self? Um, again, trust the process because I think uh, people think things are linear. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I've learned, um, you know, I've had an NFL player as a client. I've done XYZ, made all this money doing this or blah 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 and then you're back down and you got to try to figure out how you're gonna get back up and so i think knowing like um i think regrouping is so important like looking at what you've done and then reassessing that how can you do it better and not you know the world is cruel and so you can't necessarily um blame them yeah but i don't think you should blame yourself either it's mm -hmm. just it's life, yeah. you know, and so you just have to be humble, you know, and I think, and I think that, you know, you, you have to know that nothing is owed to you. Nobody owes you anything. So I think, um, 
you know, because if something doesn't work out, then you just figure out it's upsetting. I'm not saying that it's easy to just be like, oh, this didn't work out and I put so much effort into it and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not saying that. But I think that you really have to just have like that tenacity to like, all right, we're going to regroup. And not everybody is like that. But, you know, for me, that's my process. It's like, all right, that didn't work out. All right, I'm going to keep going. Like, I could so easily, when I didn't sell that kimono for $300, just be like, I give up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these motherfuckers are racist, are fat phobic, or, you know, they don't understand a black man doing, like, a, a business that is predominantly white women. Like, you know, like, I've had people, you know, I know that they don't trust what I'm saying for a fact, because they're like, I'm a big black man, and I'm a little white woman, so how could you know what jeans I'm supposed to wear? And I'm like, but I do. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but that's your, that's their loss. Yeah. You know? So you just have to cut, you know, you just have to keep moving. Like I had this woman, she was mad at me because I knew what size she was like, I'm always a size 23. And I'm like, but these jeans are really older, like shrink to fit. Like these aren't basically I had some Levi's that weren't like eighties or nineties. And so she was like, I'm always a 23. And I was like, no, not in these. And she was mad that the 25 spit her. I'm like, what? Like, I told you they're going to fit you. Yeah. You know, and she didn't believe me. And so, you know, like, you have to really know that it's not always you. And you kind of just kind of have to, like, figure out how to keep going. Yeah. In spite of that, you know. So, I feel like that's, like, a huge lesson. Yeah. Because you have to find the strength to keep, you know, like, that's a lot. It is. It definitely is. So, but you got to have that strength, you know, like um, with Andre Leon Talius, like, you know what I mean? Like he was not being treated right, but he never flat out said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just, you know, like that's. And, you know, hopefully, you know, in today's society, we can move past that because I feel like he deserved so much more than like how his later life played out. It's like, you know, and that's, and people would compare me to him and I'm like, hell no. Like, yeah, you know, I'm like, no motherfuckers is going to put like respect on my name. Even though, I mean, you know, he had his respect. Like I said, two memoirs, a coffee table book, documentary, like all this stuff. But it's like, not just that, like fashion sometimes is like, Oh, you know, yeah, we celebrate you. And it's like, nah, like, I need y'all to be paying the prices I'm asking. I need y'all to pay me what I deserve. Like, don't have me over here. He was struggling. Yeah. You know? And when people say, oh, um, they say, they said they were shocked when he passed away. And I'm like, man, so you really didn't know what this man was going through. You know, I'm like shocked because even his documentary, I was like, I saw it and I was just like, and it came out in 2018 or the end of 2017. And I was like, I don't know how much time we have left with this man. Wow. And that was then. He was in so much just physical pain. You could see. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-mm. And then, um, you know, I read his late his last memoir. And it was like, you know, he's like, you know, me and Carl Lagerfeld have a falling out. And me and Anna, like, have this weird shit going on. And then it was like reports of, like, he was paying for this house, but it's like, it's in somebody else's name. You know what I mean? Just like that shit where 
you know, when juveniles, like, you know, everything's in my mom's name, but it's like, black people, we go through that because our credit be fucked up and taxes, and it's not like we don't want to do that stuff, but it's like, if you're not paying me enough to pay my taxes and then try to keep up with you, like, how is that, how is that supposed to work? And then, like, you know, like, I don't know. Um, but I say all that to say, like, you know, like, society needs to respond respect black artists more yeah even more like he got all his honors i'm not saying he didn't get his flowers and all that but where's the money to back it up he was never a, a editor despite working under one for 30 yeah. years you know he could have he should have been the editor of whatever the fuck magazine he wanted to be editor of like you know that's bullshit that's real so really put your money where your mouth is yeah stuff. like it's not enough for people to Say, oh, I see you. No, you need to. Well, if you see me, you need to pay me. Yeah, like, I'll have people that be like, oh, that means so much coming from you. I'm like, well, where's the? I <laughs> see that coming from you. I respect it so much. Where's the money at? Yeah, like you know, respect is great, but money's even better where I can survive and keep doing what I need to do to keep the culture moving forward. Because, um, Virgil during our when we exchanged on Instagram. He told me that my creativity is needed to propel the world forward. But it's like, he bought that shirt. He didn't ask for it. You yeah. Know, he very well could have asked, like, yo, my name is on there. I could have been like, you know, can you stop selling my shirt? My fucking name is on here. I'm not fucking with it. Like, yeah. He, but he bought into it and he and he gave me a moment and uplifted me. You that's know? what's and up. So that's what we, we need to uplift, but the, the money too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's real. So that we can all just keep, you know, when you when you uplift me, I can uplift you. Right. We just keep it going. Yeah. When you try to act like there's a scarcity and all this stuff, like that's not gonna get us anywhere. Yeah. You know? Like yesterday, I did a flea market, and I was, it was a black flea market, and I was just buying people stuff. Like I didn't make a lot of money, but I was like, I need to buy this black woman's art. Yeah. You know, and I need to, you know, I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna buy. Like I, I really went. It was it's the end of the month, and I I did I I OD'd a little bit, but it's about to be Black History Month, so yeah. Like, like I really went in. I was like, oh yeah, I'll take the build Oreo. Like I don't know, I bought all this shit yesterday. I, like something went off in my mind. Um, but I really was like, I I need to support these people because I know what it's like to be out here. You know, like trying to sell because I'm not. I don't do as many flea markets as I used to. We used to be at yeah. the flea market every Sunday. And now I've gotten to the point where it's a choice. Yeah. You know? I remember I saw y'all at the, the Fairfax. Yeah. We used to be out there every Sunday. And so now, we, you know, we've kind of moved past that. But I still respect my roots. And I still, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm down to still go out there and, like, and get my hands dirty. So That's what's up. Yeah. That's dope. Man, where can the people find you? So, uh, my personal Instagram is Alden Fashion Bear, and then my business Instagram is Cool and Casual Studios, and um, my website is Cool and Casual Studios also, even though there's no product, you can uh, subscribe right now for one day, there will be product very soon, hopefully. Um, So yeah, subscribe to uh, my email list, please, because... uh, I've been in business for 11 years and I never collected emails until this past year. So <laughs> I feel you to make up for some lost time. So um, 
if any of this resonated with you, I would love for you to uh, subscribe to my email list because we need those people. We need the support. <laughs> we need the subscriber. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Alden, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank y'all for listening. This is Mike Brown, and this is The Art of Letting Go. Peace. Later. Thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Let other people know what you think. Get in touch with me. Also, don't forget the book is available at justmikebrown.com in a panorama, journal entry, short essays, and other things. Yes, that things is spelled T-H-A-N-G-S. Um, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And we just going to keep it moving. Peace.